You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 134. Hello and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today I am bringing a interviewee, a guest on the podcast back for the second time. I have not done this very much where I've brought someone on a couple of times, and but Lindsay was one that I really wanted to bring on because back when she first came on the podcast, it was two, over two years ago, it was February of 2019, she, she um, came on on episode number 22, so if you want to go back in the archives and listen to episode number 22, that was the first time I had Lindsay on the podcast. And she talked about um, her time as a fitness competitor in the bodybuilding world and that transition away from that world. And uh, a lot of the things that came with it, including uh, a lot of weight gain and um, hormone issues post-competition. And she shares very vulnerably on that podcast about what that feel felt like to have been so lean and getting all these accolades for her body on stage and then seeing this like huge weight gain, which we talk about more in this episode. She ended up gaining over 50 pounds or 50 pounds um, and you know, had a lot of experience trying to heal her hormones to be able to um, you know, get those things figured out. So that was where we left off on the podcast and episode number 22. And the reason that I brought Lindsay back on is because now here we are over two years later, and I think it's really important to do an update on where she's at and what's happened over those last two years, because that was kind of in the middle of the experience. And here we are on the other side. And um, Lindsay's able to look back and share a lot of what she learned and share her experience. And I think there's a lot of really valuable things that you're going to get out of this episode. Now, one of the things that we kind of talk about um, in the episode is a little bit about reverse dieting. And if that is a new concept to you, if you've never heard that concept before, I um, we don't really dive into what reverse dieting is. We kind of assume that you already know that listening to this episode. And if that's not you, and you're like, I don't, I don't even know what that concept is. I really highly recommend you go listen to episode number nine, 42 and 114. And we'll link those all up in the show notes um, so that you can go and listen to those. But those are episodes where I explain what reverse dieting is, how it works, why it works, who it's for, and, and how you do that process. Um, so I did want to make that mention because we do kind of dive into reverse dieting without giving a whole lot of context. And I know that that's not a familiar concept to a lot of people. So go and check out those episodes 9, 42, and 114, and that's going to give you a lot more context. All right. I'm so excited for you to hear. Oh, one more thing I did want to mention. For those of you who are in a maintenance period or going into a maintenance period and are struggling with figuring out how you make your maintenance period exciting, um, motivating, 
we talk about this idea at the end, towards the end of the podcast episode. So if that's you and you want to hear me kind of coach, it kind of turned into a little bit of a coaching session, not too much, but a little bit of me coaching Lindsay through kind of figuring out uh, that maintenance period and finding what lights her fire. Uh, Definitely make sure you stay to the end of the episode because uh, we have a little bit of a good coaching interaction of her trying to figure out what that looks like for her. And I think that's going to provide a lot of value for those of you who may be going into that, that phase of your journey or in that phase or have struggled with that phase in the past. So without further ado, let's hop into the episode with my friend, Lindsay Matthews. I am so excited to welcome back to the podcast for the second time, Lindsay Matthews. Hey, Lindsay, how are you doing? Great. How are you, Amber? I'm so good and excited to have this conversation with you today. Yes, me too. We had Lindsay on the podcast all the way back in episode number 22. So it was like two years ago. Yeah, and, it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a good episode to listen to. We'll link it up in the show notes, of course. But in that conversation, we talked about the truth about competing. Um, and Lindsay probably will share a little bit about her, her history, but Lindsay has had a lot of experience in the competing, in the bodybuilding world, yep. and then kind of left that world and shared a little bit about her transition out of that um, a period of weight gain that we're going to dive into. And now here we are two years later. And the reason I wanted to bring Lindsay back was to be able to kind of give a perspective after the fact, right? The last yes, time I talked to right. Lindsay, she was kind of like in the middle of it. Yes. <laughs> and um, now she's on the other side and able to give some perspective for any of you guys who are going through weight gain or hormone fluctuations or struggling with not knowing why your body is doing the things that it's doing. So that's why yeah. Lindsay's here. That's what we're going to talk about. Sound good? Yeah, that's great. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So let's just start with an update Okay, um, based off of where you were. February of 2019 was when we were last yeah. recorded the podcast. Kind of give us like a, just a brief synopsis of where you were at that point and then kind okay. of what's happened since then. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it feels like a, an eternity ago. I feel like so many things happened since then. And I'd love to kind of give you an overview of all the things that I did and tried. But in case people haven't listened to that episode, which definitely go listen to it because it was probably one of my most vulnerable interviews I did because it was, like you said, right in the thick of it. So basically, I uh, I competed in bodybuilding competitions, both in the bikini and the figure division for about... Uh, it was like eight years for about eight years is what it was. Um, and it was great. I loved it. There were lots of things I loved about it. Um, in 2018, I, I competed for way too long. I stayed stage lane for way too long. Um, I'm five, six and a half. And I was about 120, 125 pounds for like six months, which for me is my, my kind of body set point is about 140 to 145 pounds or so. It's kind of where I always was after every baby I had, after I lost the weight, after every competition, my body kind of went back to that. Um, but in 2018, I, I stayed too lean for too long and I just, my body just started gaining and gaining and it started in, let's see, it was in the end of August or early September, 2018 was my last competition. And I kind of got back to my like set point, my 140 or so by October, November, and I thought that's where I would stay. That's kind of what's always happened before. And I did, I stayed there for like three weeks, but then I just started gaining again. And when I talked to you in February, gosh, I think I, I don't remember what I was up to. I, it had to have been in the one fifties 
by that point. Now, when I say these numbers, I'm just trying to give people a perspective. I'm not saying that 150, 160 is overweight. I'm not saying it's, you know, there's anything wrong with that at all. I'm just trying to give people a perspective of where it was compared to what I was used to is all I'm trying to say. Um, and so I was gaining probably about a pound or so every week. And I was just confused at what was happening in my body. I had no idea. I I am an educated fitness trainer. Some people might say fitness expert. I hate referring to myself as that. It just feels so weird, you know, but that's what some people say about like, you know, trainers in the industry. Own it. Okay. So let's see. Back then I, I was gaining pounds, inches every single week. So kind of what ended up happening, I was, you know, having a really hard time feeling like I didn't know what was going on with my body. And I didn't know when the waking was, would stop, which is what I was like terrified about at the time. I remember feeling this is like the worst and the scariest thing that had ever happened to me, which I know might sound dramatic to people. Um, but it's hard, like being kind of on social media every single day and gaining weight when my job is, you know, helping people look and feel their best. And, and I couldn't do that for myself. Um, so what ended up happening was I ended up gaining about 50 pounds, um, over the course of that year. So granted that was 50 pounds from like my leanest stage weight, but I got up to about 164. Um, and I hit that in like July, I think, I think July, um, it was funny because we went on Amber, you know what this is, but we went on Trek. So for people who don't know what that is, it's kind of like a long week long, like hiking kind of thing. Um, and so I remember I came back from that and that just put my body under so much stress. I had gained like five pounds, which is odd because we hiked like 20, 25 miles or like something like really long over the course of three days. And so that it made me hit my highest weight and my body was just like trashed after that. And, um, so yeah, I gained about 50 pounds over the course of that year. And the strangest thing happened was, um, and I get that summer. I remember just being in tears, like not wanting to get out of bed in the morning, just going to the gym and feeling like I couldn't do anything. I wasn't as strong as I used to be. I didn't fit into my clothes. Like I used to, um, I felt like embarrassed for sure. I felt embarrassed, um, of, you know, what people thought of me, you know, I was just not very long ago. I was this super fit, super lean fitness competitor. And I was, you know, afraid that people were thinking, Oh, she let herself go. When in reality, I'm being a hundred percent honest. I, I used to have issues with binging, like probably 10 years ago, I was not binging. I was not skipping workouts. I was tracking my macros. I was doing all the things and I was still gaining. So it was definitely internal issues and a lot of just built up stress. And I'll go into that in a minute, but I really think the biggest thing my body needed was time. Um, and throughout that summer, I talked to quite a few competitors who the same thing had happened to, um, you know, I, their, their names aren't coming to me off the top of my head, but, um, a lot of them told me actually, they're like, you know, after about a year, it just started coming off and, that is exactly what happened. Like to the week, one year from my last show, it was like Labor Day weekend. I think it was what it was. I stepped on the scale and I was like, huh, 
it's down a pound. Like that's kind of strange. Haven't seen that for a long time, you know, not even like downward fluctuations. Every fluctuation was up over that previous year. I took some measurements and I was like, well, that's weird. Like my waist is down a half an inch. Okay. Like, and of course, just being a little bit down about everything. I was like, well, it's probably a fluke. It's going to go back up. That's just my life now, you know, kind of thing. And the next week it was down again. And I was like, that's really weird. Um, okay. And I just started kind of dropping it and I'll go into the thing. I did do lots of things over this time, which I'll kind of go into in a minute. I'm just kind of giving you the overview. Um, I ended up losing about 10 of the pounds I gained, um, through that fall. So this was, uh, 2019 through that fall and up until Christmas or so. Um, so let me kind of talk about that summer a little bit. Um, I ended up, I was really diving into hormones and what was going on. And I did work with my doctor really closely and, um, my thyroid was low and cortisol was high and I was estrogen dominant. It's kind of what was going on, going on inside with me. And so, um, I actually worked with a keto coach. Her name's Tara Garrison. She was amazing. And, um, she's a big believer in that, you know, you do keto for a short amount of time. It can help, um, you know, it can help things with your gut. It can help things with, you know, their thyroid. It's kind of, some people will say it can help thyroid issues. Some people will say it will hurt them, but I was like, I'm going to give it a try. And so we did keto for a while. Did it help me lose weight? No, I continued to gain weight while we were doing keto, while I was working with a coach, while I was tracking macro, but for the first time ever, I was not feeling gassy. I was not feeling bloated. I was not feeling, um, I was not constipated all these things it was doing for my gut, um, that that were really beneficial. And I kind of liked it to be honest. I was able, I was totally consistent. Um, you know, I liked the foods and everything. So I did that for about six months, um, through the summer. And I never had any intention of doing it forever by any means. Um, oh, the other thing was my blood sugar was crazy high. My blood sugar, not even having carbs, um, while I was doing keto was over 110 in the mornings fasted. So really, really high. Ideally you want it to like 80 to 90 or something fasted in the morning. Um, and so, and I even noticed like while I was doing keto, if I would have like more vegetables at night, my blood sugar would spike. And like, like we're like, this is not, not a good thing. And so throughout that, I was able to bring my blood sugar down to the low eighties, which was great. Um, so lots of good health benefits. Um, one thing I did start noticing though, towards the end was, um, I was doing cortisol tests, like saliva cortisol tests, and my cortisol was rising. We're like, that's, you know, that's what I was really focusing on de-stressing. I had cut out all hit training. I had cut, I was doing, you know, just a couple lifting workouts a week and lots of walking, um, trying to focus on sleep. My cortisol was going up. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know what cortisol is, can you explain the, um, what cortisol is and what it does yeah. in your body. Yes. Yes. So cortisol, some people make it out to be like a bad thing, but cortisol is not a bad thing. Our bodies actually need cortisol. It's just when we have it. Um, so cortisol is our stress hormone. When our bodies are under stress, we produce cortisol. So our cortisol levels should be highest in the morning, gets us out of bed, gives us that energy to start the day. And then slowly throughout the day, it should be dropping. So mine was, it did have that normal curve. So it was spiking in the morning and dropping throughout the day. It was just really high. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel like it was like 
mid to high twenties in the morning and at night when it's supposed to be like zero to one, it was like 10. And so of course I wasn't sleeping. Um, I was just feeling wired all the time. My heart was kind of racy. Um, the, oh, the other thing, this is kind of interesting is that while I was doing keto, my free T3, which is, I don't know, this might go, this might be getting a little too deep, but, um, our free T3 is our body's active thyroid hormone. And it's um, a big driver in our metabolism. And my free T3, you cut, you want it usually between three and four, but it had spiked up to an eight, which is crazy because you'd think that would make me start losing weight, but it didn't, I was still gaining. So when your thyroid hormones are too high, it can actually be a stress on the body. So all of this was kind of related. And this is the reason all of these things are the reason why I stopped doing keto because carbs are actually really, really beneficial in lowering cortisol. So, um, we started adding in more carbs, my cortisol came down and that's when I started losing the weight right there, which is interesting. So people think keto weight loss. That was not the case for me. I did it for health reasons, for my gut, for my blood sugar and weight loss was not a side effect of it for me personally. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, let's see. So that brings us to that fall. So I started losing the weight, adding in carbs. I was not tracking macros. I was not, I mean, I almost said I was not counting calories, but let's be honest. I mean, my brain kind of works in calories. <laughs> so I, I mean, I was kind of like, okay, that's 350 calories there, you know, but very, very lifestyle, loosely counting that kind of thing. Um, lost about 10 pounds throughout that fall. Uh, I kind of hit a plateau going into that January because keep in mind, I wasn't really trying to lose the weight here. So um, really up until this point, it was all about de-stressing, you know, fixing some gut issues, fixing some blood sugar issues. Um, I wasn't really dieting quite yet. Right. Um, so January came and then I was kind of like, okay, my weight loss has stopped. I'm still sitting about 15 pounds above where, where my body's kind of always been. I want, I want to keep going. Um, and so I started cutting calories, nothing happened, started cutting calories, nothing happened. Um, then it brings us to March of 2020. We all know what, we all that... know what happened then. Yes. <laughs> and, and I remember it was March 13th. I remember it. It's the day that here in Utah, the governor was like, you remember it too? Well, it's my birthday. Oh, it's your birthday. And I was actually in Utah on my birthday with my oh, family. Were you? So yeah, I was worried I wasn't going to be able to get back to California. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because we were like, it was like, people were like shutting down. It was like yes. all that mayhem. And yeah, that was my, that was my birthday. Yes. So you, that's a very memorable birthday yeah. for you. Yeah. So, um, March 13th, I remember it's when they said on, I remember exactly where I was. It will go down in history in my mind (laughs) as when the governor was like, your kids are staying home from school. And I was like, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what happened? I started gaining weight again Mm. on like 1500 calories. And I was like, this is not normal. This is not happening again. And I started kind of freaking out mainly I kind of feel like I had a little bit of PTSD, right? Like, Oh my gosh, this is happening again. What's going on. And so at that point I was like, okay, I can't, I got to hire someone again, someone that knows exactly how to help me. Um, I'm a big believer side note in coaching. And I know you are too, Amber, but if there is someone out there that know that can help me with what I'm trying to learn in the moment, I'm going to hire them. Like I almost always have a coach helping me with just whatever I'm focused on at that time. Right. Yeah. Um, and so there was a coach that I've been listening to on podcasts. His name is Jason Theobald and he's very, very well versed in, um, you know, 
internal for hormones for women, fat loss, helping people kind of balance their hormones through lifestyle. So yes, I was working with my doctor on medication and that kind of stuff. Um, actually at this point I had gone off my thyroid medication. I was just on a little bit of progesterone to help with my estrogen dominance. So it wasn't even, there wasn't even much there, but, um, so he helped me with supplements. I mean, just basic, like, you know, your ashwagandha, just kind of de-stressing kind of things, nothing really not like fish oil for inflammation, just very basic stuff. Um, but it was really just a lot of, so I hired, it's okay. Sorry. Let me rewind. Um, so I hired him kind of in a desperate place and I knew that his first step with people on in this kind of situation was always reverse dieting. And I knew I needed it because I was like, 1500 calories cannot be my maintenance, let alone let me be gaining weight at 1500 calories. I can't do that. You know, no, that's not, that's not right. And so I was terrified. I was like, if we start increasing calories, I don't want to gain weight. Even though in my head, I was like, that can happen sometimes with reverse dieting, especially if my metabolism is being kind of funny. My cortisol is so high. Um, but I did it cause I knew I needed to like kind of really get down to the root problems here. Um, and so I hired him, we did start reverse dieting, but at the same time as that, um, we just really focused on gut health. I cut out everything artificial processed. Um, I did like a dedicated gut phase, which, um, I mean, some of this stuff sounds hokey, um, but it worked for me and it's worked for a lot of clients that we work with. I'm not saying it'll work for everybody, but, um, I did a low FODMAP eating uh, phase of about eight weeks. And so that really helps our gut and our endocrine systems are so interrelated that if our gut's not working properly, our hormones are not going to be working optimally either. And so, um, I had kind of fallen back into that and, and, again, our digestive systems are so linked to our stress as well. So when my stress goes up, I notice I get gassy, bloated, constipated. That's kind of my body's where it goes, you know, and that was happening again. Um, so I did an eight week dedicated gut phase where it was mainly just nothing processed, nothing artificial. Um, you know, it was just a lot of potatoes, rice, meat, eggs, just very whole food based, um, as we reverse dieted. And it was that combo of the two, that actually, I actually lost a little bit of weight as I was reversing. And it was probably just some inflammation, some water weight, my body just kind of being like, okay, this feels better for a minute, you know? At the same time, again, cut out all hit training. All I was doing was lifting three days a week and walking a lot, doing restorative yoga. So just kind of de-stressing. And my body loved it. Like it lost weight through that reverse. I did that for about... um like six months or so. And I mean, it's funny because I talk to people now they're like, but I, but I road bike and I mountain bike and I go to the spin class. I guess those are all biking things. I was trying to give a variety. Like I run, (laughs) I run all the, like, how did you stop that? And I'm like, you just do like, you can't, if your body's having stress hormone issues and you keep just pounding it, it's not going to recover, you know? Um, and so, yeah, through that, we reverse dieted, held myself at maintenance for a while. We got up to about 2,200 calories. Um, I was starting to slowly gain again. I think for me, that's a little bit above maintenance, a little bit of a surplus. Um, and then we did my first diet phase since all of this and it worked. It got me back down to like, I didn't think anything would work. You know, I was kind of conditioned myself to think my body can't lose weight anymore. And I got down to about 141 and I've reversed dieted back up to maintenance now. And I'm like 143, 144. And I can finally say that I feel like 
knock on wood, that whole phase might be behind me. So that was kind of the long answer to your question. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you some follow-up yes, questions. Yes. I think there's some, first of all, I think, you know, you kind of talked about this of like, this can be a very common thing for a competitor to go. Through. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense because you're dieting down really lean. You're staying mm-hmm. really lean. Like you're dieting down a, t- a lot of times on lower calories, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of um, stress that goes into that experience. Uh, many of the women who listen to this podcast aren't competitors. And yet they, there are people who have that experience who aren't competitors. So I don't oh, know. Absolutely. Like, this is like only something that happens with competitors. I see this a lot with just lifestyle clients as well. Yes. And yes. one of the things that 100%. I would love for you to speak to, because um, I'm sure you see this as well as like that fear around reverse dieting and, and you had it right. You're yes. like, I'm already gaining. Yep. Why would I go? Why would I increase my calories? Like, it's just going to, it's just going to keep the gain. Like it's not going to yep. actually work, but you did it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's how you were able to have that fear because it's a very common, very logical fear yep. and still do it. Like still yeah know that you need to do it and still get yourself to do it and get on the other side of that. Cause I think yep. there's people who are listening who know that they need to reverse and yet haven't done it yet. And I would love for you yeah. to give them some words of wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I have reversed before. And so I shouldn't have been afraid. Like I've reversed many times before and I still was afraid. So I totally get that fear, especially coming from somebody who has never done it before. Um, but the thing that I really had to, and it took me a while to think through this before I hired that coach. And I highly recommend, um, having a coach or some sort of a support system through, especially your first reverse, because it can be so scary. And the last thing that your body, your mind wants to do is add food. But if you have someone who's unbiased, who has, you know, your best intentions at heart and they're telling you, it's just so much easier to do it when someone else is telling you what to do, even as a coach myself. Um, and so I really had to step back and like, think logically. Okay. My heart did not want to, like, I wasn't really hungry. Like physiologically, I felt fine, but I had to really think, do I want to live my life at 1500 calories. What does that mean? That means when I go on vacation, I'm more likely to gain weight because my body is used to 1500 calories. And of course you don't do that on vacation, right? That also means when, if I ever want to lose weight again in the future, 1500 calories is my starting point. That's not a good thing either, you know? And so, so many women out there, and for me, it was 1500 for someone else. It could definitely be 12 or 1300, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And like, you just have to really think what is best long-term. Like that's not what you want your maintenance to be. And, um, a lot of, I've been talking to a lot of even newer coaches lately who are unfamiliar with reverse dieting. And they're like, I always just thought you diet down and that's where you live. And I'm like, and so many people think that way. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's, that's just setting yourself up for like regaining the weight. If you think that's where you have to live, cause you can't, you're not going to be able to maintain those calories. And so when your body's used to that and you eat over that, which you will, your body's just going to hang on to it. And so it was really thinking, trying to think logically with my brain and thinking, I have to do this. Not so much. I want to do this. I just knew I had to. So yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I, I, you know, to anybody who's listening, who is in that space where you kind of know that you need to reverse diet and you don't want to, and it's scary and you haven't done it. You know, I, what I would offer is, is like, is it 
scarier to go through a reverse or is it scarier to sit at 1500 calories for the rest yes. of your life or 1200 calories? Yep. Um, and when you weigh those, it's like, okay, well, this is scary, but you know, eating 1200 calories for the rest of my life is a lot worse. Oh and, yeah. And, and, and having, you know, it's great to hear stories of things like what Lindsay experienced where like, yeah, you, you think, oh, I'm gaining on 1500. If I add calories, I'm going to keep gaining, but that's not yeah. what you saw, right? You no. saw the opposite. And the reason right. is, is because it starts to like balance those hormones and it starts to yep. get your body in a much better place metabolically yep. and yep. your body adapts to it. Yeah. And so one thing that, you know, when cortisol is high, being in a deficit just makes it worse. Like right. I like to think of, you know, our are the stress bucket analogy. We have this bucket of stress, you know, and there's good stress and there's bad stress. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I want to think about good as good and bad, but there's, you know, things like that can be exciting. Like you got a promotion at work. That's an exciting thing, but it's still a stress, right? Mm-hmm. Our workouts are a stress. A calorie deficit is a stress. There's all these things. And no matter what the stress is, if it starts overflowing our bucket, our bodies are going to have some negative effects of that. And so whatever stress you can remove, yes, you might not be able to remove the stress of your work or the stress of teenagers or babies or whatever it is. But if we can remove that calorie deficit, if we can remove some of that hit training, uh, our bodies will lose some inflammation. Our bodies will start functioning better. Our metabolism will work better. All these things that kind of counteract the, the idea of, well, it doesn't really make sense. How would eating more calories, you know, if you're thinking only in terms of calories in versus calories out, like there's so much more to that because doing things for your body, like reducing stress can actually help your metabolism, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and, and I think you, that's so important. Calories in versus calories out is a scientific principle. And it's yes. a law of thermodynamics. Right. But what you said is so important is that things like cortisol impact your calories out. Exactly. So you could be burning less calories because of that high cortisol. No matter what your watch says. No matter what your <laughs> Apple watch says, put your exactly. Apple watch away. <laughs> right. Um, and so let's, you know, I want to just list these things for um, people listening because I think um, you kind of listed a bunch of things that can impact your cortisol. And I want to yeah. really highlight that for people listening. Okay. So use a caloric deficit. Uh-huh. Like hit, right? Hit yep. is 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 stressful on the body. Mm-hmm. Um, we can look at like lifestyle stress, like at work, kids, yeah. whatever job, you know, relationships. Yes. Um, sleep. You mentioned sleep. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So like lack of sleep can can stress your body more. Are there other things that we should be listening in, in this? Um, let's see. I mean, I'm sure there are. Those are just what is coming to mind right now. But I mean. Even just, oh, I know of another one. If you are the kind of person who's constantly fidgety, constantly like, do you know, and sometimes we can't control that, but it is a little bit of a higher stress, like more of an anxious lifestyle versus someone who is more relaxed and chill, more Zen. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's not who I am, but I'm working on the, I'm working on the Zen. And then there are things that you talked about that we can do, um, because recognizing, okay, if I, if I choose to go into a deficit, that is a stress on my body. So where can I counteract that stress in other areas? Can I get more sleep? Can I reduce the hit? Can I do more walking? Can I meditate? Can I like reduce stress in other areas of my life? So we can recognize our buckets. We don't want our buckets to be overflowing. Exactly. Yes. I love that. And so when you're consciously adding a stress, yes, I like that thinking what you can take out or what you can add in, um, to kind of put yourself back in more of that parasympathetic nervous system, more digest and rest kind of, kind of life. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, okay. 
I'm curious because you've had the experience on lots of different spectrums in terms of weight, right? You've yeah. been like ultra lean, like yep. lean enough that you get up on a stage and you like win competitions. Right. <laughs> and then all the way to the other side where you gain 50 pounds. Yeah. And not to say that like, I, 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 had, I don't want to like say, oh my gosh, you were so overweight and like right. you have such a big body because right. a lot of women would still say, you know, hey, 160, 170 is yeah. a very large body, right? That's yeah. still not like, you could still yep. All relative to just what I was used to. Right. But you experienced that 50 pound weight gain and now we've kind of settled somewhere down, you know, in the 140s where you're feeling yep. more normal. Yes. So having experienced that like range of body size, what are some of the things that you have learned about yourself and your body? And do you ever miss the like 125 Lindsay? Okay. Good question. So I have learned, gosh, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, one thing that I was going through when I was in those one sixties where I was still, you know, on social media as a fitness trainer, trying to help people position myself as someone who knows what they're talking about. Right. Uh, I really had to question, okay, what am I putting out there? What, you know, I don't have the abs or the delts or anything to motivate people anymore. So what am I offering? And so I really learned, and this sounds so stupid. And I don't think I even really thought this before, but I learned that there is more to me than my body. And like, like I said, I don't think I really ever thought that my body was the only thing I had. I don't, I'm not saying that necessarily, but I learned that I, I mean, my business took off that year. I really, um, you know, I was still able to produce content. I was still able to put good things out into the world. And I realized that there was just more than just people being motivated by my videos or my pictures, you know? Um, and so that was probably a major like life changing lesson. You know, I also was able to really relate. Um, I mean, I felt like I could relate to people who were losing weight before, um, for sure. I mean, I had lost weight before. I mean, I had babies. I lost, I mean, and losing baby weight is not easy, you know, just, I mean, even though people might think it's a little easier than normal for me, it was always really tough. I didn't really lose weight while nursing. And it was like, I had it all to lose afterwards and it was not easy. Um, but I really, got a feeling of what it feels like to, you know, sit down on the floor with your kids and your jeans are digging into your stomach and you just feel like so deeply uncomfortable all the time. Like I remember, um, going into, we, we went to Hawaii in, I think it was spring break of 2019. And my thighs were just like rubbing so bad. We go on hikes in shorts and walking around in swimsuits all the time. And I had never really experienced that level of like chafing. <laughs> and it was like, it was just so depressing and it made me so sad. And, and so I found that for me, like I did a lot of soul searching when I was trying to gain the weight or when I, when I was gaining the weight, I was trying to figure out like, what if I stay, what if I don't lose the weight ever? What if this is the new me? How can I be okay with that? And so I really was trying to, you know, figure out what I had to offer the world, what, you know, and, and I was okay with it. Cause I didn't make, I did hold there for a few months, you know, but I really realized that I wanted to lose the weight. Like part of it was like, I want to lose this weight because I'm on social media and I'm worried about people think of me, but I really got down to like, no, I don't feel comfortable in my body. I want to be able to move. I want to be able to have energy. I want to be able to run. I want to be strong. Um, I want to show up in a body that I 
can be active and hike and not feel uncomfortable. And so the, the reason for weight loss really shifted for me. And I feel like I can understand people better. If that makes sense. That was kind of a long roundabout way of saying, I feel like I can relate to people who just want to lose weight because they want to experience life differently. Mm -hmm. Does that that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I I really want to like reiterate what you said uh, at the beginning where you said you kind of, and, and for anybody who's not quote unquote fitness influencer or expert on, on, uh, Instagram, it can be hard because a lot of people judge you by what you look like. Right. And I think what's so awesome about what you said is, is you started to realize that like you were still you even Mm -hmm. at at a, in a bigger body, like like you're still the same person. You still have the same knowledge. You're still the same coach. Like you are Mm -hmm. still you. Um, but it can be hard because a lot of people do make judgments about you and your programs based off of, of your body. Right. Um, But you aren't your body, right? Yes. We aren't our bodies. We are your Lindsay. And, um, and I love that you were able to experience that and learn that. So do you miss yeah. Okay. I have some. <laughs> yeah. So I actually do not miss the body size, but there are things about that time I do miss. So what, the reasons why I don't miss being super lean like that is because it is not fun. It is you're starving all the time. You're always so hungry. Like I remember times, you know, my kids were making s'mores in the backyard and when I was competing and I was just, would just like lay there and sit there and not say anything because I didn't have the energy to really show up and interact. And I remember times like just wanting to go to bed because I was so hungry. I wanted to wake up and eat breakfast in the morning. Like I just didn't even, I was just lay on the couch. Um, just ready for the day to be done because I didn't have any more food and I was hungry and I was just wanting to go to bed, you know? So I don't miss those physiological effects of being so lean, but there, (laughs) there is something I do kind of miss about that competing lifestyle that I'm struggling. And maybe you can have some tips for me on this, Amber. I feel like you're good at this. Um, so I'm sleeping more, which is a great thing, not a bad thing. Um, but I kind of miss the hustle of that lifestyle. I miss getting up early. I miss my routine. I miss, um, so, I mean, I'm kind of in this battle right now, like, oh gosh, do I keep sleeping until six 30, getting my puppy up, going to the gym at seven 30, or do I go back to like the five 6 AM workouts? Because I have more time in my day. I have more time to, you know, devote to my business and like, kind of like the hustle and grind of, you know, my meals are prepped. I'm grabbing my, like, I live way more loose and intuitively and just go with the flow now. And I kind of miss that hustle, if that makes sense. I don't know. So I've been trying to find ways to incorporate that into this life. I don't know. That's kind of, kind of an opinion. What would happen if you did start your day at like 530, 6am? Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm trying to talk through in my head. Um, so I think I, so the other thing, I think I would get less sleep, which may be okay. Cause I'm getting seven and a half, eight hours. Like, would it be that awful to get seven, seven and a half, I six forty five some nights, you know, um, I, I could go to bed a little earlier, but the one thing I like about what I'm doing now is I'm not stressed about getting to bed. When I was getting up earlier, it was like, okay, it's nine 30. Okay. Kids go to bed. Come on, you guys, come on. I have to be in bed. And it was kind of an anxious stress thing to make sure I was in bed by like 10 so that I could read for 15 or 20 minutes, fall asleep. And it's kind of nice. Now it feels more, uh, natural to me 
like in my family, you, you know, for me to like be getting into bed around 10 or 10, 15 and reading until like 10 45, falling asleep by like 11 and sleeping until six 30. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is there a way to make it? Cause I think what you're desiring is like almost like the regiment, right? Yes. Like the like expect expectability of like, this is how the day runs. This is yep. like, yep. Everything's already planned and prepped ahead of time. And you're just like yes. through your day. So yeah. is there a way to do that? without having to like get up early or, um, change that part of your day. Yeah, that there probably is. I need to brainstorm about that. And maybe it's even like, I haven't meal prepped in forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just at home all the time and what I can just go goal? make my food. What's your current goal? Well, that, that's a great question. So, okay. If, if I'm being totally honest, I wouldn't mind being a little leaner. You know, I do feel like I lost some muscle over this whole experience, which is very normal when cortisol is high. And this is a normal, a normal thing that can happen. Um, but, but the current goal right now, I just finished a reverse after that diet phase and I want to hold here for a while. So, right. So that it isn't, I'm also in a tricky position where I don't really have a pressing fitness goal. Well, I think, and I think that's, that's the issue more than the, like getting up early, more than the hustle, yeah. more than the thing. It's like, you don't have a goal that you're working on. Yes. And girlfriend, like I identify with it so much. Yeah. Like I, I'm the same way. Like I, I need a goal to like be driving yep. me like that. That excites me. It motivates me. It's like what right. I want to do. Um, so you mentioned wanting to get a little leaner and having lost some muscle. Have you considered that? Like there's two ways to like, quote unquote, get leaner. You can like mm-hmm. lose fat or you can gain yes. muscle. Yes. So if you considered like, using this time to have a focus on regaining that muscle that you lost, which for anybody listening, regaining muscle that you have lost is always easier and faster than gaining it the first time. For the first time, for sure. You could probably see a whole lot of success pretty quickly in a short period of time, especially at a maintenance level um, and focusing on that. Yeah, that's exactly, actually, I should have said that when you asked my goal, but that is my goal right now. It just doesn't feel, it feels more normal to me and it doesn't feel like a push or a stretch, but I do have like business goals and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, I'm ar- I already lift every day so that, you know, and I already have like the intensity in the gym. So it's not like much of a change to me, but maybe I didn't sure. just switch it in my head to like, do you have any, so one of the things that I coach a lot of clients through, especially when they're at a maintenance, cause this is where it, you, you know, this would be a, a coaching session coaching here. A <laughs> uh, thing that comes up, uh, this is very common during maintenance. So it's really great for people to be hearing this because yeah. for somebody who's been very regimented, who's been very like in the hustle yeah. and like, there is a, um, instant satisfaction that comes from dieting because the results are like, I can see it on the scale. Yes. I can see it in the measurements. Absolutely. Like, like it's, it's very rewarding in that way. And a lot uh-huh. of them, it's like constant endorphin rush. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like that feedback, like that positive yes. reinforcement, positive feedback. And when women get into a maintenance phase that goes away Right. And it can be hard to see that you're making progress or it can be hard to like say, why am I doing this? Why am I keeping going? And we know why, but still lose that positive reinforcement. Yes. Yes. So it's so important to reevaluate and make sure that you're creating some or other goal that Mm -hmm. allows you to have that positive reinforcement. And what I like to have a lot of clients do is this is where I start talking about performance goals. Oh yeah. 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 Like, yes, you have aesthetic goals and you can be working on those, but you're not going to see you're not going to get that positive reinforcement that you want right now. Yeah. Right. But when we start working on performance goals, right. I want to deadlift two times my body weight. I want to yeah. be able to crank out 15 pull-ups, like whatever it is. Yeah. That gives your training 
more, more purpose and purpose, yes. right? It becomes training rather than working yep. out. Right. And then we get that feedback because it's like, yeah. The endorphin rush when you like now put, you know, 200 pounds on the, the on the deadlift and then 215. And then, you know, yes. that's where, for, I love that for me, that's where like the rush is like, yes, I like cranked out, you know, I did a muscle up right now. I'm yeah. working on handstand pushups. I freaking can't do a handstand pushup. Right. <laughs> Which I will tell I you. I loved your video. I loved oh your video. Gosh. That was so well, funny. Let me tell you. So my husband just started CrossFit like two, two months ago. Like, okay. Two and a half months ago. Yeah. At the same place you go, right? At the same place I go. I've been yeah. going there for two and a half years. Yeah. Okay. I hate men. Uh, <laughs> so he got his first handstand just recently, like handstand up on the wall. Um, yeah. And I'm like, you freaking freaker are going to get a handstand push up before me. I know it because you're a guy yes. and you can. Like, yeah. That's how it always works. Works. But I'm like, you, I've been working on handstand pushups for two years. Yeah. And you are going to get a handstand pushup before me. And I don't like you right now. Oh, dang it. Uh, anyway, so that's my goal. Yeah. I love it. What could your goal be? Okay. So exciting. This is good. So I used to be like the pull up queen. Like, oh, that's why yeah. I pull ups. <laughs> yes. I, and, I, and I said 50. Do you notice I said 15? Because I'm like pretty sure you can do over 10. You can oh, yeah. 15. Well, I think right now my max is eight. Okay. Um, yeah. And, but I used to be able to do 15 without even, yeah, I know I remember your videos. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like I used to post videos like at Disneyland with a backpack on like weighted pull-ups, all the things. And last year I set a goal to get back to 15 pull-ups. Yeah. Did not happen. Did yeah. not happen at all. Or you're carrying um, more weight too. Yes, exactly. That's true. Um, and I think when I was doing 15 pull-ups, I was a little bit light, lighter than I am now. So, but still, so that would be a really good goal. Um, that's a good one. Okay. For some reason, pull-ups really excite me way more than like squats right. and deadlifts. Yeah. I don't know why they just okay. do. So you guys heard it here. Lisa's yeah. going to get 15 pull-ups. Okay. And then she's going to tag me okay. her videos when she okay. likes Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll <laughs> do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause I do remember you posting all of those like pull-up videos, which is yes. pull-ups. So, so one thing, so last year, um, when we were on that trek hiking expedition thing I was talking about, um, we were in a river, like in a river kind of playing and I reached up and grabbed, um, this like bridge thing. Yeah. And I was like, Hey babe, let's do pull-ups right here. And I tried I couldn't pull myself up. And I was like, I forgot. I forgot. I can't pull up, do pull ups anymore. And I was in a whole like wet outfit, but like, like probably hanging by your fingertips, hanging by fingertips for (laughs) sure. But I used to be able to do that. And so that was kind of like, Oh, whoops. Yeah. I forgot. I'm not fit anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, you. curious okay. you on, on that. I'm motivated again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like, we just need goals. I don't know. Yes. What, do you know your Enneagram? No. Oh, wait, no. Wait, what are those? What are those again? I, I think I'm a three, which is, Oh yes. Oh, those I'm a three. I'm a three. Yeah. That's what yes. I was going to guess. And I, so I, I couldn't like, remember if it was the numbers or there's another one I've been looking at lately that has like names, but yeah, I'm a three. Yeah. 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 I was, I, I, I think, feel like you're a lot like me yes. and, and the achiever needs a goal. Like yes. that is like the motivation. And so, and so I dove into this, um, when I was, when my hormones were kind of messed up and a three also kind of naturally lends to higher cortisol lifestyle. So Oh yeah. Because yeah. we like that rush. Go, go, go. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. We like that like feedback and that like right. positive reinforcement and right. like success and like, yeah. And so another little tip for listeners. So if you are that kind of a lifestyle, mm-hmm. carbs are even more important because oh, if we have a tendency to have a higher cord, have higher cortisol, carbs can actually help balance that a little bit. 
So just, yeah, that. that's something I kind of learned when I was doing all that. That's awesome. That's yeah. So good. Um, okay. This has been so fun. Um, <laughs> I know I last, love talking to you <laughs> last thoughts. Like, yeah, this whole experience, right. We're on the quote unquote other side, who knows yes. what's going to happen in the future, but like, right. you know, you're at a point where you can kind of do some reflecting and some looking back. Yeah. Um, you've shared that story. What is something that you're hoping women who listen to this episode walk away with? Yeah. Good question. So I would hope that they would understand that. And this is something that both of us talk about all the time. Um, most of our lives should not be lived in this calorie deficit, constant hit training, lifting six days a week, running spin class, F45, orange theory. Like that's not the lifestyle we should have most of the time you know? Yes. Or if you choose to work out that way, because you love it, you need to eat to fuel that, you know, and sleep to fuel that and manage stress in other areas of your life to be able to fuel that. Right. If you have a time where you're focusing hardcore on fat loss, you are doing more eating less. That should be a short period of time and that should be controlled and that should be premeditated, meaning like, I'm going to do this for eight, 12 weeks. Not like this is how I live. And I don't know when it's ever going to stop kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Um, and that it's okay to eat more. And if you are reverse dieting and you gain a couple pounds, isn't that worth it? Like I'm up probably six or 700 calories from the end of my last diet phase. And I've gained two and a half pounds. Yeah. Like granted I, and like some, some people might say, I, I mean, I lost 10 and I'm up probably three. Mm-hmm. And so that, I mean, it's not like I lost 80 and I'm up four. Like it's, I kind of put back on a third of what I lost, but it's so worth it. Like mm-hmm. so worth it to be eating so much more food and you, your fixation on food goes away. Um, you don't feel, I don't feel near as like food obsessed. I don't even think I really have like free meals anymore because I just eat what I want whenever I want it. And so, yeah, I go out to eat sometimes and I don't track the calories there. So I guess you'd call that a free meal, but I don't have that same fixation on it that I used to, you know what I mean? So there's so many positive things that come from eating more, sleeping more, resting more, um, that the times when we push, push, push should be short and controlled and planned, not normal life. Yeah. There's a difference between an attainable weight and a maintainable weight. Yes, absolutely. Is a maintainable weight. It's like easily maintainable and it's not maybe your lowest. Yeah. Right. You got down to like 141. Yeah. And you can attain that, but like this is easy. And I I think finding that place for everybody, whether that's 141, 171, 211, like what whatever it is, but like that place where you can easily maintain and enjoy your life is such a valuable place to find. Yes. And not just fighting for like, what's the lowest weight that I can see on this game. When I have a client who decides to stop losing weight and kind of gives up that goal of the last five pounds, like I'm thrilled for that. Yeah. Like thrilled. Like that's the most empowering thing to think. I don't have to keep doing this. I mean, if they want to, by all means go for it. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but when someone decides it's not worth it, here's what it would take for me to get here. And I'm deciding it's not worth it. Like there's nothing more empowering than that. Yeah. It's like making a choice of what it's yep. worth to you rather exactly. than just like being a victim of like, oh, I'm never going to get there. It's like, no, no, no. I know what it's going to take to get to that place. And I'm not wor- willing to give that. So yeah. I'm going to make a choice to like not sacrifice that. Yeah. I, How, agree. I think that's like so that's empowering. Strong and brave. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. So awesome. Okay. Well, this has been so fun and yes. so fun to like update people after your experience. Um, I'm yes. so grateful for you coming on the podcast. Can you Thank let everybody you. know where they can find you, what kind of things you can offer and, and yeah. share with Yeah. So I am just trainer Lindsay on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the things. Um, and yeah, I have, you know, I've got a cookbook actually that I just launched yesterday. We actually launched our first edition. It's called simply macros, super easy, delicious, yummy recipes, um, full color photos. It's amazing. We launched the first one probably a year and a half ago and we just launched second edition yesterday. So if you head to my Instagram bio, all the links for all that there. And, and yeah, we just do coaching boot camps, all sorts of stuff. It's great. And supplements. Yes. Yes. So I just joined. Yeah, I totally forgot. I just joined forces with Chris and Heidi Powell and transform supplements. I actually have my own supplement line and we're kind of merging the two. So we're in the process of merging my own supplements onto the transform line. And so it's going to be amazing. So awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Lindsay. So fun to chat with you. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Lindsay. It's always so fun for me to get on and chat with her. She just has, she's a wealth of knowledge, right? We Let's call her an expert. I'm all for women owning their expertise. And I'm so grateful for her to come on and share her story, share her expertise, share her understanding and, and really um, highlighting this, something that's not talked about a lot in the, in the fitness space, um, gaining weight, feeling uncomfortable, uh, being an influencer in the spotlight while this is all going on, gut health, hormones, right? A lot of the things that we talked about, maintenance, struggling with figuring out what your purpose is when you're at maintenance. These things that we talked about with Lindsay are so applicable to so many of you who are listening. So I, I hope that you had a takeaway from that episode. And if you did, will you please share it to your Instagram or your Facebook and then tag me and Lindsay and let us know what was your aha for the, from the episode? What did you learn? What are you taking away and applying to your journey? Because that's really where the magic is. We can sit here and we can listen to somebody else and we can nod our head and we can say, yes, that sounds great. But it isn't until we actually take that, that make that application piece, like take what you're learning and applying it to your journey when everything then changes. Thank you for being here. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hold up sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.